Welcome to Lydia Finette's Claim Your Confidence, a podcast that will introduce you to the most powerful women in the world as they talk about their own confidence journey. No matter what obstacles you face, Claim Your Confidence will inspire you, motivate you, and give you a roadmap to live the life you want. So, are you ready to claim your confidence? Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Claim Your Confidence. I'm Lydia Finette. I'm in Newsstand Studios, and sitting across from me is Mia Funt, the co-founder and president of ByHeart, a baby nutrition company that launched their first formula in March of 2022. And boy, I'm sure you will remember everything about the baby shortage crisis. We are going to talk to Mia about that, about the beginning of her company, and about so much more after a word from our sponsors. Welcome back to Claim Your Confidence. I'm Lydia Finette. Seated across from me is Mia Funt, who, as I said before, is the co-founder and president of ByHeart, a baby nutrition company that launched their first formula in March of 2022. It's the first U.S. infant formula manufacturer to be registered with the FDA in over 15 years. I have so many questions about how this started, how you've grown so quickly, and how you as an entrepreneur are sitting in front of me looking so calm right now. Mia, welcome <laughs> to Claim Your Confidence. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. So I'm looking at you and I'm thinking, what an entrepreneur, but that's not where it starts. Where did you grow up, Mia? I grew up in Los Angeles. I grew up as one of four kids, the only girl with three brothers. Oh, gosh. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, you know, I had to learn really early on how to speak up for myself. Um, and really, they were my whole world growing up. And, you know, when I was little, I was a late bloomer. I had braces, the whole thing. I was little. <laughs> and yet I had this like real inner strength. And I was always aware of how that crew that I had, that built-in crew of my three brothers was just such a source of confidence for me. Are they older, younger? Where are you in the lineup? All over. Older, one older, two younger. I love it. I'm one of four too. And I, it's boy, girl, boy, girl, but I'm sandwiched by brothers. And I've always mm -hmm. thought it was such a great way to grow up because you have these people on either side who are kind of your defenders, but you also fight with them a fair amount. So you feel very strong and powerful because you're never afraid to say what's on your mind to a man or a woman. It almost feels like a, a hidden superpower. Yes. I really think that from earliest days, I just always approached life in that way. Like if you have your people and if you have your crew, then you can do anything and you can take anything on. And whether it was like taking on middle school or <laughs> actually founding this company with my brother. Um, I think that it's such a luxury to have that family. I also am a daughter of two doctors who, you know, were always dedicating their life and every waking moment to helping people. And then they transition then from being doctors to entrepreneurs, but took a really different route to entrepreneurship. You know, as doctors, they were helping people on an individual basis, one by one. And they went into entrepreneurship saying, how can we scale that impact to make a positive impact on many people? And so that was really such a core part of my childhood, watching them as they just were obsessed with helping people, making an impact, and discovering different ways to do that. And that it was just so powerful for me and my brothers to see how two people could have such a big impact on the world. And that became really like our North Star growing up. That's so amazing. So 
what was that like as a child to watch your parents go from what I assume is sort of a nine to five job to entrepreneurship? I mean, that's got to be a big shift as a family, even frankly, in terms of finances, worrying about, you know, here's here's what we've been doing. It's very stable. And then embarking on something completely new with four children. Yeah. Well, I don't know that surgeons are nine to five, so they have yeah, crazy so actually, hours. Um, I guess it would be like 4 a.m. to <laughs> yeah. the entire next day. Yeah. So, you know, they always had that kind of all-in mentality mm. on whatever they were doing. And first it was as surgeons. And then when they became entrepreneurs, it was a whole new world. What was interesting is that they were paving their own path. It's not like they went to business school or were in finance and had some playbook to the way that they built their businesses. They were just obsessed with the problem. In mm -hmm. their case, it was patients. Like, how do we, you know, solve for these issues that our patients are having and really innovate and drive progress in health? Mm -hmm. And there was no playbook. And they just were focused on the problem and did whatever they needed to do in order to create these biotech and life sciences companies that would bring new innovations to market. And so watching that, watching that kind of approach of no playbook, just do what you have to do, be all in mm -hmm. and be just fiercely committed to that was an incredible thing to watch. Were you guys part of the whole roadshow? I mean, were you guys folding envelopes and doing all the things? I always think of this with my own children. I've just left a career of 24 years to start my own thing. And I launched this thing of gavel necklaces. And my youngest daughter is such a natural entrepreneur because she's like, let me take them to the mail, the mail place for you. I'm like, you can't, you're not allowed to go to the mail place. You're six years old. I know she will look back on this thing. It's packaging the necklaces, putting them together. This is such a part of her life. Was that what it was like for you or was it a little bit more removed? It was a little bit more removed, but you know, dinner conversation was so interesting. Mm -hmm. You know, my parents bought a manufacturing facility for their biotech company because they said that was the only way to do it. If there's something so important, like making drugs, then we have to own our own destiny. We have to buy this manufacturing plant because when it's that important, you have to own it. And those were the kind of conversations around the dinner table. And yeah. that was so inspiring. But, you know, now I am building by heart, which is is so connected to my family. I mean, we started by heart when I had just started a family. My oldest daughter, Nev, was just one and a half. I was dealing with the pressures of building and nurturing my own family while also reflecting on that experience in order to build this company to support new parents. And so it's a different relationship. Like my kids really do feel like part of the company and I'm always sort <laughs> like, of like, this is our ad campaign. Here's yeah. my first job. Yeah. yeah. And my eight-year-old daughter's like, we got to be on Instagram. We got to be on TikTok. When are we launching TikTok? <laughs> I love it. She's so, an advisor. She's an advisor. There must be a junior advisory board where she sits as the <laughs> <Yes>. chair. <laughs> so maybe my daughter could join your advisory board. It sounds like they're cut from the same cloth. Yes. When you were in college, did you know that you were going to be an entrepreneur or was there a different path that was set out for you? Did you see what your parents were doing and you were like, no playbook for me, here I go? Or did you follow the traditional path of nine to five or, you know, in your parents' case, 4 a.m. to the next day? Yeah, when I was in college and then right after college as I went into consulting mm -hmm. and then into tech and then did a stint working in the government in Africa for six months, like I think throughout 
all of those steps, it was always about problem solving. Mm -hmm. Like that's what always got me excited, whether it was, you know, trying to crack something and write a paper about it at school or help companies figure out their next innovation or help farmers in Africa build their businesses. It's almost sadistic. Like the more complex the problem, the more fired up I would get. The more all in you were. Yeah, and the more (laughs) all in I was. And I think it just goes back to what I was saying about my parents, that the North Star was was really like, how do you drive progress? How do you do better Mm -hmm. um, for the most amount of people? And so I think that just always drove me. So you always kind of had your eye on looking for a hole in the market, looking for that white space that you could move into. Mm -hmm. So You mentioned this all started because you had your first child. So you had your oldest daughter, Nev. What were you doing at that time? Yeah, at that time, I had gone to Africa and worked there with entrepreneurs and with farmers. I had been in consulting. And then at that time, I was fresh out of tech, where it was all about understanding consumer needs and how we could empower them with new apps and with new platforms and websites. But it was all about kind of understanding what parents needed when we were launching parent sites and then just generally what people needed and how we can meet those needs through media and and content and information. But so you have Nev. And then is that when you finally saw the white space and you thought, this is it. This is what I've been waiting to move into. This is the problem I'm really looking to solve. Yeah. So when I had my first daughter, I, like so many parents, you know, I was starting my feeding journey. I started by breastfeeding and I felt a lot of confidence in that decision because I had been told by everyone, you know, from doctors to you name it, everyone would really talk about how it was the most natural and functional nutrition. And I felt so confident that I was doing the best thing for my baby's health. And then when I went back to work and for a million reasons, decided to move to formula, no matter what formula I picked up, I felt like I was compromising and that felt horrible. And what's more human than wanting to just do the best for your baby? Like you'd go to any length to protect your baby, to ensure that you're doing the most for their health and their safety. And it just was the first decision I was making as a new parent, like Mm -hmm. how to feed my baby. And it felt awful. And I was deeply frustrated by the lack of good options. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, my brother, he was in the life sciences and health space, and he was immersed in the infant formula category. And he was frustrated from a whole different perspective. He had been working with researchers and scientists who knew more about breast milk than ever before. They had so many advancements. They knew how to get closer to breast milk. Mm-hmm. And yet none of that was really translating into new products or definitely not at the speed that it should have. And why was that? Because they were just entrenched in the old formulas and they felt like that was enough. They had enough. Yeah because this category is so difficult to innovate. I mean, in order to truly bring a new infant formula to market, you have to do a clinical trial. You have to get FDA registration. Mm-hmm. You know, what's crazy is that Ron and I, we identified this problem and we were so committed to solving it. And then we had to embark on this, really this discovery journey. Mm-hmm. And what we learned was that Infant formulas in the U.S. had been made by three big players, the same three big players Mm -hmm. for decades and decades. And other than those three, there was just one contract manufacturer. Mm -hmm. So when we wanted to create a new formula, we only had one option at the beginning to go to the contract manufacturer. And that path wouldn't really enable us to innovate Mm -hmm. because it would mean essentially 
white labeling the same product based on decades old research. And that wasn't good enough for us because our mission was to create a better formula that got closer to breast milk, drove the most important benefits for babies and gave parents that confidence. So we embarked on this journey to say, how are we going to do this? And the only way to do it was to entirely build from scratch, like every step. So that was really a, a discovery journey. And it all started with these like frustrations that we both had. And we just decided to go all in on it. What was the conversation like with your brother where you decided that you were going to work together? Was this over the kitchen table or over the dining room table, as you mentioned, at a family affair? Or did you just call him up one day and say, Ron, I have an idea. It's called a new company and we're going to completely disrupt the formula. I need to understand this because I have two brothers and I cannot imagine if I called either one of them, they would get a similar. I, don't, I just don't see this happening. Sorry, Andrew and Charles, if you guys are listening, but there we are. Um, so tell me how this all went down with Ron. Well... I had all these frustrations from a personal level mm -hmm. and Ron had so many mind-blowing insights about why this category was the way it was. He kind of explained the dynamics to me. He understood that no new brand had like done clinical trials. So there was all this science and all these ways we could create a better product, but it just wasn't happening. And the more that we started just talking about it, the more it was blowing our minds. He also explained to me how there were all these ingredients that are in breast milk that were completely missing from formula, but many of them weren't even in the U.S. yet. So the big players weren't even using many of these ingredients. So as we started just discovering all this and reflecting on just the frustration that there was all this potential and yet I was feeding my baby formula based on decades old research and, and just the old school nature of this category just became so overwhelmingly frustrating for both of us that we said, all right, well, let's do this. And it started by getting a group of people together, reaching out to the scientists who had all the research and then reaching out to people who understood regulatory and quality and just kind of industry all-timers, mm -hmm. gaining a lot of information. Then we started traveling around the world looking for manufacturers. And the more we discovered, the more committed we became. Mm -hmm. But what was interesting was that when we actually started building this company, we had to learn how to interact on a whole different level. Yeah. Like we were close as siblings, but we didn't really yet have that trust and that understanding as co-founders. So it was really like learning how to communicate and collaborate in a whole different way. Are you good at different things? We are. It's important, and, right? Yes. And we had to almost educate each other on like, by the way, this is my strength or this is what people rely on me at work. Like those are not things that you know about your each other really so when true. you're siblings. It's yeah. So true. We played distinct roles in our family, but <laughs> some of those translated, some of those didn't. So yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. So when you all when you're with the rest of your family, does this take over the entire conversation? I mean, is it just a strategy session from the minute you guys sit down or can you put it away? Because I'm sure if you're working with your brother, it's like everybody gets pulled into it in some manner. I know. It's very tempting to just talk about it and make family meetings like board meetings. But <laughs> exactly. We try to contain ourselves, but it's always on our minds yeah, and it seeps course. into everything. And also we're in a category that's so human and relatable. You mm -hmm. know, it's about babies. It's about family. It's related to so many of our just most human instincts yeah. that it finds its way into a lot of conversations. But we try our best to just to have everything else. Talk about everything else. Yes. 
It's interesting because I wonder when you were having these initial conversations, there is a definite divide between breast milk and formula. I hate to use the word divide, but it does kind of feel like that, Mm -hmm. especially when you are embarking on that journey. And people have very strong views and opinions on, you know, breast is best, but let's be honest, it's not for everyone because not everyone can do it. So how did you negotiate and navigate through those topics as you were creating that? Because I imagine even when you were pitching, a lot of people had stories that they could tell you about their own journey through this. Mm -hmm. Did you find a lot of female funding coming out of that, of women who had experienced some kind of issue and understood why you might want this? Or was it more like, oh, I don't really know anything about this. It was like my wife kind of dealt with that, which I, mm-hmm. I know as people are looking for funding is sometimes a part of the frustration, especially as a female founder. Mm-hmm. I feel really lucky that we're in a business that is so personal. Mm-hmm. Like whether we're talking to someone in government or to an ingredient provider or an investor, everybody has a personal story about yeah. coming into parenthood, about their insecurities. And they all have stories about feeding because every feeding journey is different. I mean, I have three kids and with every child, my own feeding journey was different. Yeah, me too. Same you thing. You know, it has so much to do with your personal circumstances. And so... I love that there's always a personal element to connecting about what we're doing and men and women reflecting on it in different ways. So that's really amazing. I do think that it was part of the investment discussions because people inherently understand how important feeding is. And more and more, we understand the importance of health, of proactive health, of Mm -hmm. nutrition. We know that nutrition in the first year of life sets the foundation for future health. So whether whether it was that people connected on a personal level or they were really interested in health and nutrition and understood that this is actually where health begins, Mm -hmm. that I think really helped us as we were building a community of investors, of advisors, and and our team. We have this incredible team that's truly connected to the mission on so many levels, and um, that makes all the difference, that kind of connection to the mission. So for those people who are listening, who are entrepreneurs or thinking about starting a business, can you share a tip or two that as you look back over the course of from when you started to present day, something you wish somebody had told you? What I think is really interesting as you build your business is that you start to surround yourself with experts. Mm -hmm. And there are so many times when you're listening to your experts and it's easy to defer to them Mm -hmm. and say, okay, well, they're the experts. I have to do it that way. And I think seven years into building this business, what I'm realizing is that when you as a founder are all in, Mm -hmm. you're obsessed with the problem, you're obsessed with your customer, it's all you do, you have a certain judgment and you have a certain instinct Mm -hmm. about what you need to do that you can't discredit. Mm -hmm. And so you'll always have experts in the room, you need those experts, but like ask them a lot of questions Mm -hmm. and get all the information that you can from them, but then 
build confidence in your own judgment and your own instincts. Mm -hmm. I'll give you an example. Imagine it took us five years to build this business because we had to build entirely from scratch. We had to run our own clinical trial, get FDA registration. We now own three facilities. We built the supply chain from scratch, like handpicking every ingredient. So that was a really long journey. And then we launched into a shortage. Yeah. The biggest food security crisis like this country I think has seen. I think every parent will remember those headlines. I didn't even have children who were still nursing or using formula at that point. And I just remember feeling such dread at the thought that you needed something like that and it didn't exist in America. Yeah. And in that moment, so many things were shocking to the whole country, but also to us as just launching into a situation we could have never expected. So there were a lot of tricky situations and it was a perfect example of like bringing experts around the table and having this incredible team of experts, but also making the calls based on ultimately like, this judgment and this instinct. And my advice would be to just really trust that instinct and judgment, because if you're all in, like you deserve to really believe in that. You know what's best for your customer and stay true to that. Stay true to your mission and your values, because that's what will make you build the business in the way that you think is best. Yeah. And I do truly believe that confidence is something that comes from allowing yourself to take those risks and trusting in yourself, even when other people have different things to say. It's really about thinking, but what do I believe? Mm -hmm. What do I think about this? And the rest of it is important noise outside of that decision, but it is noise. Mm -hmm. It's not your decision in your gut. And I think as an entrepreneur, it's such an important part of that journey. From the launch in those first five years, how did everything go? Was there any big fail that you want to share? Because I do love a big fail (laughs) always. I just feel like sometimes people think that someone who's been as successful as you have been have made it simply because everything came together. But Mm -hmm. I know that that's also probably not the case. Mm -hmm. So can you think of a story you can share that would help us all feel a little bit better about ourselves and those big (laughs) failures that we've all had? If not, I have plenty to share, so (laughs) I can fill the time. You know, every day we're learning, right? It's like something I'm always telling my kids, we're all a work in progress. Like Mm -hmm. every day there are little wins and there are little fails. and, And then there are also bigger wins and bigger fails. I mean, we were doing something that like no new brand had done before which was building entirely from scratch to disrupt an industry and create an entirely new formula for babies. And so there were so many twists and turns as we were trying to build from scratch and there wasn't really a playbook to look to. You know, there were so many things that happened along the way that I don't think are necessarily fails, but they were challenges. Mm -hmm. And it was all about how we stepped up in those moments. So, for example, about a year ago, we didn't yet own our last piece of our supply chain. We owned our own manufacturing, but we were still using third party to put it into cans. Mm -hmm. And at that time, something had happened where we weren't comfortable with third party manufacturer and we couldn't get a level of transparency and comfort around something that had happened. And so we made a decision to voluntarily recall some batches of our infant formula. It had nothing to do with our own manufacturing facility. It had nothing to do with product that we distributed. But still, there was product that had been made that we decided to voluntarily recall. At that time, 
there were a lot of hard decisions, you know, that created stress. That's a scary word. And there were a lot of experts who said, okay, well, you just, you make a statement and then you stay quiet or you send the obligatory email or you do this or you do that. And then you stay quiet. (laughs) Yeah. And then you stay quiet. And we said, well, as parents, that's not what we would want. We would want a brand who would lean in, who would be over communicative, Mm -hmm. who would show up in hard times. And so we did the opposite. We called customers We did a video of us just talking in like real plain language about what happened and why. Mm -hmm. We conducted Zooms with customers. We invited them to join us. We did a lot of things that I think went against the way companies usually do it or Mm -hmm. deal with difficult things. And that was really one of the hardest things that happened, but also one of the proudest moments because we went back to like, who are we and how do we want to show up for our customers and what would we want? Mm -hmm. And within two days, Customers were like, okay, great. When can we reorder? Yeah. So it didn't take away from what you had created and what you had built because you had been honest about the shortcomings of that and you'd address it up front, which I think is really, as you're right, as a parent, you're like, wait, why are you recalling this? I don't understand. Yeah. But then if someone's like, these are the reasons, it's okay. Your children are okay. It's just something we wanted to do. You're like, oh, that's not a big deal. I'll yeah, just move on. Exactly. And I think that the next kind of level of transparency beyond what's in your formula is how do you as a business make decisions Mm -hmm. and how do you act with integrity and can I trust the way you take on hard things or the way you make decisions because the decisions we make so intimately impact our parents Mm -hmm. and their their lives Mm -hmm. and so we just are always really open about that, like a level of transparency into the way we lead and the way we make decisions, because I think that's how you build true trust with your customers. And we saw that play out. Yeah. We talked a little bit about launching a business into what was considered a true crisis situation. What did that feel like from a confidence standpoint? When you have this product, it's a new product to market, and there's obviously a need in such a major way, but that's got to be a little scary too, because I mean, you're just launching it. It's just starting. You don't really have that much feedback at that point. You've built the company for five years, but five years isn't 25 years. So all of a sudden you're being pushed, I'm sure, into the same room as these big players in an effort to fill this void. How does that feel confidence-wise? Did you feel ultimately like you could stand up there as proud as anyone else? Or was there a part of you that was kind of like, I need to steal myself and really be all in mentally and physically, even though I'm feeling a little shaky inside? Well, It was definitely not something we could have ever expected to launch into a shortage. And so you launch, you have your projections, you have your way that you think it's going to go. And then all of a sudden the shortage hit and we were sprinting. And we were only one of five manufacturers in this country during a shortage. So we had this moment where we came together and we said, wow, this is a really big responsibility and how are we going to show up and how are we going to play our part? So it felt empowering in that it felt important, like, okay, we have a role to play here. But of course it was intimidating. I mean, one player who owned 40% of the market had a contamination and had to pull a facility off the market, which means that there was this huge gap that's such a difficult situation because the other players couldn't ramp up supply fast enough to Mm -hmm. fill the gap. And that's why there was a shortage. And so we just started saying, how can we 
use every lever to increase supply, to show up for parents, to feed as many babies as possible. So at our facility, we moved to 24-7 so that we could make more formula. We did a lot of things to just try and play our part. We also participated in President Biden's roundtable mm -hmm. around what do manufacturers have to do today to come together, not as competitors, but as to fill partners, the void. Yeah. yeah, to collaborate, to fill the void. And so we were just there to try and do our part. Since then, we bought two additional facilities and they were facilities that weren't yet at the time making infant formula. And we applied our expertise to bring them into infant formula. So following that moment of saying, wow, our country is so vulnerable to disruptions because there are so few manufacturers, we took action and we said, we have one manufacturer, but we need to bring more manufacturing plants into this category to ensure that this never happens again, that there are more manufacturing plants feeding, you know, creating the most important food for our most important people, our babies, and yeah. doing that reliably at the highest standards of quality. So at that moment, we really went above and beyond to try and just continue to build and solve for this problem. When you were coming out of that, I imagine that the confidence going through something like that must have been unbelievable because once you made it through to the other side and the shortage started to abate, you probably had to look around at your company and think, okay, what do we do now? I mean, it's like you've gone from zero to a trillion and now you're probably back at a hundred. Mm -hmm. So what did that feel like? What are those years or what has that felt like since that time? Yeah. Well, I think when you as a team come together and you deal with hard things together, mm -hmm. you develop this united confidence. You know, it's not just about your confidence as a person, but your confidence as a team, I think is a whole other thing. Mm -hmm. And I just remember those days like in a room saying, what are we going to do? This is a moment. We have this saying like day one, you know, when you, <laughs> when you discover or like, whoa, yeah. this just happened. Right. You know, that's like day one, like sit down. We got to talk about this. It's day one. <laughs> but then when you come together and you make hard decisions and then you act, I think taking action is really what has built our confidence and not just taking action, but doing things in line with our values as a company and in line with our mission. So when we were building by heart, there were always ways to take an easier, shorter, quicker path. You know, we could have just gone to a contract manufacturer and been on the shelf within a year, but we went back to the mission and we said, but would this enable us to create a better formula for babies. No, okay, we're not gonna do that. Mm -hmm. And so I think the confidence always comes from going back to your mission, are we being true to that? Going back to your values, are we doing things in line with like who we are? And just when you act with integrity as a team and you come out on the other end of it, I think there's just this level of confidence, like we can do this, yeah, we're, we're this. here, we're, we can overcome anything. And so I think that has given us a lot of momentum to continue to build and drive into the future, knowing that like, hey, we're in this together and we We've can take it on. Together. I yeah. love that. So you had Nev when you started this, you now have three children. Mm -hmm. What is it like to grow a business and grow a family at the same time? Well, personally, it's it was it's been very fun that we started the company when I first had Nev and I was building it as I was building my family. And then I actually got to feed Simone by heart. Oh, my so, gosh. Is that right? That's amazing. Yeah, so, That's a real full circle moment, yeah, it isn't it? It was a full it? circle moment. So personally, I got to be both founder and 
consumer of by heart. So that was just a fun thing for me. But I think building a family while building a company is an amazing thing. I mean, it's hectic and it's crazy and it's logistics. And yeah. uh, it's, logistics, it's, I think, it's, is the best word. <laughs> I think that is the absolute best description of raising a family while having a business at the same time. Yeah, and it's it's guilt every moment of yeah. like, where well, how am I spending my time and is that the right way? And but I'll say that I know that it has made me a better leader because I'm dealing with my kids every day and through that learning so much about just human nature. And you realize when you have kids that we are all just so deeply human at every age. You know, my kids are just, they're always asking like, but why, 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 why? And I'm learning to communicate with them in a way that's open, that's kind, that helps them like make sense of things. And I think that that has made me reflect on the work that we have to do as a company too, like every company has to work on that communication, how we communicate with kindness and openness and explain the why so that we can all, you know, move forward together. And so um, I think that has really, really helped me kind of, there's so many learnings from that. I visited my daughter's school the other day and they had this corner where they had a stuffed animal of a bug and they had a wand and they said, whenever you're trying to communicate with someone and it's not really working, you go there and you say, it bugs me when, oh. and I wish, and it was like tools for communication. I was thinking, great, I'm going to bring that to my company because everybody could use that. Yeah. You're like, Mia loves to use the word, it bugs. And people are like, it and bugs I me wish. when you say that to yeah. me. Yeah. But it's it's, you know, at every age we're working on on communication. communication. Absolutely. There's no question about that. One last thing I wanted to ask you about. Can you tell us a little bit more about Cluster? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, we as a company are really thinking holistically about how to show up for parents because this is the most intimate category. We're supporting parents in the beginning of their journey in this new role as parents. So we're always thinking about ways of not just giving you better options for the formula itself um, and transparency and information about that formula so you can feel confident that you truly are feeding your baby something that supports their health in these amazing ways. Like it's not just about the product, it's also about how we support you on your journey. And so we're always experimenting with ways of providing education, providing connection to other parents. Um, so whether it's working with lactation consultants to develop education to support breastfeeding parents or with nutritionists to talk about the nutrition that's in formula. Cluster is a platform for education, for connection, for storytelling. But there are many other examples of things that we have experimented with. And it's always about putting something out into the world and then getting real feedback from our parents. Yeah. Like, is this truly helping you? Is it supporting you? What are your questions? How can we show up for you? And we also try and do that in... in how to make our formula more accessible. Like, where do you need us to be and how can we show up for you? And today we're at Target, so that if you're someone who likes to walk into your local Target and pick up your formula, we're there. Or we're on buyheart.com, or we're even on baby list registry. Covering all angles for yeah, the parents, yeah, making it easy. And, yeah, and just trying to be accessible to parents and all things, education, nutrition options. And so we're constantly learning from customers and just being direct to consumer and really getting that feedback 
is so important to us to just continue to do more of what's working and what's truly helping parents. What's next for By Heart? What's next for By Heart is continuing to find ways to be more accessible. So working with different partners who are showing up for parents and helping them really empower parents. And so working together on that. Also growing our open hearted program, which is a donation program where as you join by heart, um, feeding plan to feed your own family. You're also helping to donate to families in need. Oh, that's amazing. Um, and we work with baby to baby and organizations across the country. And we're really committed to um, continuing to drive access through that program uh, and then continuing to innovate. I mean, there are so many nutritional needs for babies and we brought together the world's experts in nutrition. And now it's about continuing to uh, innovate for them and show up with nutrition that they can feel really proud of and that can give them confidence as they build and nurture their families. Well, Mia, thank you so much for coming on Claim Your Confidence today. I feel like I've learned so much about what it's like to be a leader, what it's like to be an entrepreneur, and so many great tips, things to think about as I'm moving forward, frankly, in my own life and my own business. But you have been an absolute inspiration. I know everyone listening today is going to feel a little bit lighter having heard this conversation. So thank you. Where can we find you? Target, byheart.com, babyless registry. Um, Instagram, are you on Instagram? Oh yes, Instagram Perfect. for sure, byheart.com. All the things, and maybe your six-year-old or eight-year-old will get you on TikTok before we know it. Yes, <laughs> stay tuned for that. Stay tuned for that, yes. I know. That's one I need to work on too, She's I think. working on the strategy right now. I love it. I love it, your board of advisors, your junior board of advisors. Well, <laughs> thank you again for stopping by Newsstand Studios. And to all of our listeners out there, I just wanna ask you a question. When was the last time you went all in on something? Because I'm looking at Mia's enthusiasm and I'm thinking about all the things that I've gone all in on. And honestly, there's no greater feeling. So if there's something you want, go out there and get it. It's time to claim your confidence. I also wanna share some really exciting news. I wanna give you guys a teaser for season two. As you guys know, I have two brothers and a really strong father who have had a huge influence over the course of my life, as has my mother and my sister. One thing I know, having grown up with that family dynamic, is that women do not have the corner on insecurity, and we're not the only ones who struggle with confidence. And so I thought it might be fun to mix up season two a little bit and invite one of my really good guy friends to kick off the season in order to talk a little bit about the confidence journey. Season two, which starts at the beginning of February, kicks off with Henrik Lundqvist. He was the goalie for the New York Rangers. He is an incredible man, but in addition to that, he was at the top of his game when he found out that his heart condition was never going to allow him to play hockey again. So I have a million questions I wanna ask him. I know that you guys are gonna really enjoy this and I cannot wait to introduce a whole new series of guests as we embark on season two of Claim Your Confidence. I'm Lydia Finette. Thank you for joining me. Thank you to Rockefeller Center for hosting us. Thank you for Newsstand Studios and for Joe for keeping us all in line. Have a wonderful week and I'll be back with you next Tuesday.